Hey everyone, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Today's show, we got Zach O'Gile. You might not know the name now, but you're going to know him in a while. Why? He's a Minnesota Viking. He's the newest fullback tight end. We're going to talk to him a little bit about his role uh, with the Minnesota Vikings and might give us a little inkling into what Kevin O'Connell sees for this offense as a whole. We'll do that next, coming up on the Ron Johnson Show. Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Hey everyone, I'm Ron Johnson. This is Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Uh, it's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful Tuesday. I hope you guys had a great Memorial Day weekend. I know I did. I did absolutely nothing. It was the best thing walking to my office today and realizing my laptop's been sitting here closed the entire weekend. I gotta, and I hope Sam did the same. I gotta give myself a round of applause because I don't think there's ever been a time I didn't check a work email. Now I'm not gonna lie, I did kind of glance at my phone to see if anything came through, but I didn't answer them. I didn't work. I didn't want to go open my computer up and try to send that email off real quick. Um, but but this is the thing about it. Memorial Day, we all have our reasons for it. Uh, we all have our, our, our time to think. Uh, but I hope everybody had a great one. And for those missing loved ones, for those that served our country, we thank you. Uh, and as I bring Sam Exham to the show, uh, we, got a, we got a great show today. Uh, Zach O'Gile, uh, Vikings' newest weapon. I'm not going to even call him a position. I mean, he is in the fullback room. Uh, he played tight end at UMD, uh, so he can catch, which is great. Played tight end, six feet, six one. He says six feet. His bio says six two, Sam, but you know how they do. Uh, with cleats, he's probably six two, but he's 240 pounds. Yeah. Played tight end most of his life. Uh, played a little quarterback uh, in high school, uh, but he's now a fullback. He said when the Minnesota Vikings called him, they said, hey, can you play fullback? Like, we want to bring you as a fullback. He went on to do the um, uh, rookie mini camp, and then he earned himself a, a contract. He earned himself an opportunity. So whatever he did during rookie mini camp uh, was good enough for the Minnesota Vikings to cut ties with another player and bring Zach O'Gile in. Uh, so we'll talk about that coming up in a minute, Sam. We'll break a little bit down before the daily three after because I have some I have some thoughts about what he can be in this offense. Um, who knows if he'll make the team though? There's a 90 man roster right now. I don't know if there's. Not to say I don't know. I know there's no room for two fullbacks. Uh, there's barely enough room for one. Uh, so I, I think his role is going to have to be weapon. Uh, that's going to be his role. It's not going to be a fullback. Not going to be a tight end. It's going to be a weapon. Uh, when you think about the 49ers and the number of tight ends uh, slash fullbacks they kind of use. Again, I, I alluded to this a long time ago. Uh, they brought in Josh Oliver. Now they bring in Zach O'Gile. Who knows? But uh, practice squad guy maybe and then maybe earn himself a chance to be on this roster because C.J. Ham is getting older. Uh, maybe this is a succession mm-hmm. plan for C.J. Ham as as he heads into his, uh, what, eighth, ninth year, uh, maybe year 10. It's like, all right, C.J., uh, you're, you're getting older and your body's breaking down. Uh, fullbacks don't last for 20 years. Uh, but, yeah, who knows? I, I do know there was some older ones. I played with Sam Gash. He played with the Ravens when I was there. He's super old. Played for the uh, Buffalo Bills. If you don't remember, Sam Gash had the – the big face mask. What big. a great fullback name, <laughs> Sam Gash. 
Oh, Sam yeah. Gash. Google them if you haven't seen them, people. Sam Gash was what a fullback should look like. Uh, chew tobacco. Uh, that that's that's what he did. I mean, he had tobacco in his socks during practice. Like he had a, a little canister in his socks during practice. Like he was super super old school. But Buffalo Bill, uh, I think he played for the Chargers. I'm not sure um as well but sam gash was uh one of the best fullbacks i've ever seen and then alan ricard came in after him and kind of was the secession plan he was a younger guy uh sam gash showed him the way and then alan ricard took off i think alan ricard ended up making the pro bowl the same year jamal lewis made it when he almost had his 2000 plus yard season breaking eric dickerson's record uh didn't break it that year but we did have a great year but sam Zach O'Jow is going to join the show. But before we do that, I want everybody to know this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Just make every moment more by visiting FanDuel.com backslash Locked On today to get started. And, and, and funny story, Sam, we were just talking about this. Mm-hmm. There's a guy out there that bet Heat Nuggets in April. He took the Heat Nuggets in April to make it to the finals. Uh, I think it was like a plus 250,000 or plus 25,000. He bet 50 bucks and he won over 12 grand, Sam. So FanDuel, it works. Uh, get those early bets. It's nothing wrong. There's the thing. Betting the minus 100, it's usually like, all right, I'm going to win a little bit. But if you want to have some fun, I mean, I'm talking about a $10 bet, a $5 bet. Those are the things that make it fun because you can take those long, long shots, Kentucky Derby, whatever it is, on five or ten bucks. And if you hit, you got it. Like early in the season, I might pick Vikings. Uh, let me see. Who could the Vikings play in the Super Bowl? Vikings. Buffalo Texas. Bills? I don't know about the Texans. That's never going to happen. But you Buffalo get good Bills, odds on the Texans. You could do. You get huge odds. You might get a million odds. On, you get a million dollars on the One dollar <laughs> gets you a million dollars the Texans make a Super Bowl. But I can see Buffalo Bills, Minnesota Vikings. Boom. I don't know what the odds are on that right now, but I'm going to check it out. But that's one, Sam, 10 bucks. You have to sit on it for an entire season. So that $10, that's just one coffee. Just don't have a coffee for the day. Sit on that. Who knows? It might end up coming to fruition. Vikings make it. Bills make it. And all of a sudden, you're super excited. Now, of course, it's probably Chiefs are the favorites. So pick maybe one favorite and one long shot. Because if you think about it, the Nuggets were a favorite. They were one seed. The mm-hmm. heat. So you only need one long shot to help your, your bet. So pick the Chiefs. Um, trying to think who else, Sam? Who else is out there right now for favorites to make the Super Bowl? You got the Chiefs. Um, Bengals are always a factor. Bengals, Eagles. Jets. You could do Jets. You could go Jets, Vikings. That's a really long shot there. Uh, you could go, ooh, ooh. You could go Eagles, Jets. Eagles, Jets, a green mm-hmm. Super Bowl. There you go, though. FanDuel, check it out. I don't know if the Super Bowl odds are out yet, but stay tuned because I didn't know that's that's the way to get those bets, 10 bucks. But, Sam, uh, as we jump into the show really quick before we jump jump over to Zach Ojayo, OTAs is coming up. Uh, and here's where I go with this, Sam. I think Zach Ojayo, when you look at Kevin O'Connell's offense in the 49ers, uh, Kevin O'Connell did say he wanted to run the ball more. Now, it's weird to say that, but then also to be looking at maybe trading Dalvin Cook. Uh, we saw DeAndre Hopkins get cut. So maybe this is a thing. Cutting veterans to just get rid of the salary now, maybe that's the way to go. Like if nobody's willing to really trade, because nobody wanted to, everybody was like, oh, who's the trade partner? Who's the trade partner? Nobody wanted to trade with him. They're like, look, he doesn't want to be there. You don't want him. We're not going to give you what you want. And maybe like the Cowboys trade we said for Dalvin Cook, the four, the what, 2024 uh, fourth rounder and 2025 fifth. Mm-hmm. The Vikings are probably like, look, we'd just be better off cutting them than doing that. Um, 
The reason being is maybe cutting them, you get more of a salary reduction. Maybe you get more help there. Uh, maybe if a team picks them up, there's some help there. I don't know how these owners work it. They always find ways to work it to make themselves help uh, work out. But Sam, Zach Ojal being a tight end, moving to fullback, uh, possibly motioning to the backfield, uh, possibly motioning out because he can catch, looking for the mismatch. I, I, I'm excited to watch this kid now preseason-wise because looking at some of those third-string linebackers he might face one-on-one in the slot, out the backfield running routes, mm-hmm. kid that can run. I mean, he might turn some heads. And and again, you don't want to – and this is where it gets tricky. You don't want that guy to have such a great camp that you're forced to put him on the 53 or you put him on the private squad another team makes an offer for him like the 49ers. Um, that's that's going to be the key because I know – like I said, we know Kevin O'Connell wants to run the ball a little bit, but he still, you know, he still said, look, at the heart I want to throw the ball, but I do want to run the ball. You add Josh Oliver – a blocking tight end who catches every once in a while. Maybe maybe Zach Ojayo is going to go in as a tight end because you can have four. You could have four tight ends potentially and maybe only four receivers. That's what we keep thinking. We think you need six receivers. Maybe you only need four to five. Uh, your, your running back room, you keep it down to two or three. You're now going to get a third, which is probably Jaron Hall now. You're going to get a third quarterback that can be on your roster that doesn't take up the 53 because of what happened to the 49ers in the playoffs. So Zach O'Gile, he might be a weapon. I don't know. What do you think? For OTAs, too. Like, what are you looking for for OTAs? Yeah, well, first on O'Gile, uh, do you recognize the name Kari Blassengame? Yeah. Oh, Kari yeah. Blassengame. That is who Zach O'Gile, I think, should aspire to be. Kari hmm. Blassengame was in Vikings camp, Yep. undrafted free agent in 2019. He had a phenomenal camp run. He was unbelievable. He was uh, a great runner of the football. He was a great blocker. And a lot of people mm-hmm. actually thought he might beat out CJ Ham that year. He didn't, but he got picked up by the Titans and he has had a wonderful career as a fullback. He's played four years in the league. He's now a multimillionaire. Um, does he have a touchdown on his record? No, no touchdowns, but he has gotten his hands on the ball a handful of times. Um, and he's been on the roster for four years in the NFL. If Zach O'Gile has a, a Kari Blassen game like camp, it might not be the Vikings he's playing on. He might be playing for a job with another NFL team or maybe a Vikings practice squad spot. So I think there is something to play for here for O'Gile, even if it feels like CJ Ham is, uh, is your number one fullback. Uh, um, on top of that, Ron, I want to see if Jordan Addison's on the field. We didn't see him last, last week. He was held out of practice the day that we were there last week. So let's see if Addison is back in the mix. Gabe Henderson didn't seem to think there was anything to, anything to worry about health-wise with him. So how is Addison going to be deployed? Uh, Jalen Naylor kind of stole the show last week. Can he back that up with another big practice today? Uh, mm-hmm. I'll be out there at TCO in a couple of hours, and I'll have the full report tomorrow for you, Ron. Yeah, looking forward to that report tomorrow. Uh, also tomorrow, uh, we're we're gonna see. We we have some some guys on our list. We've been we did a great job last week of loading up guys. To, uh, uh, Coach Mo Linquist, uh, University of Buffalo, has a great KJ Osborne connection and story there. Uh, so so we might have Coach Mo on. Uh, also, we sat down with uh, Lamecki Brockington, Gophers receiver. And and again, when you see Lamecki, especially wearing number zero, Rashad Bateman esque. You don't see him at six feet. Like, I, I, I had no idea. I'm not going to lie. Being at, at spring game, all, I had no idea Lamecki Brockington was six feet until I looked at his bio. 
And then I'm like, dude, you don't stand and run like a six foot person. Like he looks smaller than that, but he's a big, solid 200 pound plus receiver. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. So we'll, we'll either have one of those guys on tomorrow and then also the other one will follow the next week. Uh, so looking forward to that as well. Got some other guys, like I said, uh, Lucky Jackson, Viking signed him from the uh, DC Defenders. My team, I thought they were going to win, but they ended up losing to the Arlington. Uh, what is it? Rough Riders? Renegades. Renegades. The mm-hmm. Arlington Renegades. I can't believe that. I can't believe DC lost because they were the odds on favorite to win. Uh, you, you bought up to me that the Renegades had a Miami Heat like XFL season. Uh, I did watch actually ESPN did like a little story on the championship game. Winners got like close to 12 grand for winning. Uh, and, and so they followed cameras, followed both teams. It was funny. ESPN, they were getting way more DC defenders footage before the championship as if they knew that was the team that was going to win. And yeah. then as the game went on, it's like, oh, wait a minute. Arlington's about to win. We might need to go back and edit some of this footage. You could tell some of the interviews for Arlington was like post-edit. And DC was all like before. DC had like morning practice, kids, guys walking up with their coffees. You know, Arlington was all like interviews like, yeah, you know, nobody gave us a chance. Uh, but, you know, we just came together as a team. I'm like, like, dude, you clearly did not think Ar- – like, you didn't even think Arlington had a chance, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. We know you're a part of this. Um, and so, yeah, it, it was very uh, cool to see, though. D.C. defenders did lose. So, Lucky Jackson signs with the Vikings. You know, again, probably another project, you know, practice squad type guy if he does make it. Um, but he, he is a real savvy route runner, uh, a, a unique uh, weapon that maybe Kevin O'Connell saw something in when he watched uh, XFL film uh, because some of their stuff, their rules, you don't get the true NFL feel for XFL, but you know, maybe Kevin O'Connell and not Kevin O'Connell, but his, his scouting department uh, saw something in the guy in Lucky Jackson. We do know there's other guys that have signed from the XFL. So uh, you know, I want to keep track of this, Sam. And I don't know how, because I, I had a coach and I told you this before. I had a coach tell me that the USFL, and of course he coached in the USFL when I looked it up, uh, so of course he's biased. He said yeah. the XFL is trash, it's garbage. Uh, those guys couldn't hold our jock straps, and then the USFL is where the game's at. I feel like the XFL one maybe got more coverage, maybe because they were first, like they their season's done and they can they but they can mm-hmm. sign with OTAs. And USFL is kind of playing now because uh, their goal right play now and then get picked up for training camp. Right? Is that kind of their deal? Yeah, I think yeah, that would be the goal for sure. And I I feel like XFL actually. Maybe it's just my Twitter feed because I follow football people who care about it. Yeah. I felt like XFL was was kind of popular among yeah. like the, the football hardcores. Yeah, no, it, it did. They got way more. And maybe Dwayne Rock Johnson did a great job, you know, because I know him. And then you had a uh, 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 Heinz Ward was a part of uh, one of the teams. So maybe it was just the groups they put around them. Uh, and they did a great job marketing because, yeah, it, it seemed like there was way more coverage. Uh, the USFL to me. Uh, I don't know. It just seems boring. Like it doesn't seem like there's anything going on. There's no buzz around it. Um, so I'd be interested to keep a look at this because because uh, we'll have to talk about this maybe before training camp. How many XFL guys got a shot in the NFL? Like picked up OTAs, whatever the major yeah. training camp, and how many USFL guys get picked up and go to training camp? Because if I'm in the XFL and we had like let's say ten, and the USFLs had three, that's my pitch. That's my pitch to agents and all these players. That's my like, hey, we we put 10 guys uh, in camps this year where the USFL only put X amount. We we maybe pay a little less. And I don't know what the pay scale is between the two. Um, but I don't know. Like, it just seems like I, I, I want to I'm, I'm have to start doing a little research on that. Which one has higher uh, ratings on that? But yeah, with the OTAs for me, Sam, um, 
and you you tell me this. I'm looking forward to seeing what you see in Jack Zach O'Gile. Like, where is he at? What do they have him? Is he a tight end? Is he flexed? Is he in the backfield? Is he motioning a ton? Uh, is he changing the strength of the of the offense, which just means he's going from the left to the right? If he's left, it's strong. It could be strong left, and then when he switch, and this is more for the defense when he motions over to the right, they have to change the whole thing. They have to kick down a DN now to be wider than him, or a linebacker to be head up on him. So there's a lot to see with uh, Zach O'Gile. Um, because I don't feel like they have anything on the roster like him, a tight end that can play fullback. Josh Oliver can kind of do it, but he's a true tight end. C.J. Ham can kind of do it, but he's a true fullback. Zach O'Giles is a tight end that they're tr- converting to fullback, uh, but can still play tight end. So I don't know. I'm interested to see what, what he does during OTAs. That's kind of what I'm looking at. Of course, Jordan Addison and Kirk Cousins, uh, how do they jail together? Uh, is, is he getting early Kirk balls or what, what's going on there? Uh, is he still out? Is it one of those, hey, we know what we have in him. Let's just get to training camp with this kid. Uh, I've seen that happen. Ed Reed was one. Ed Reed came out to OTAs with us, and uh, he didn't do much, uh, which probably was smart for Brian Billick. Like, let's, let's make sure this guy uh, gets gets healthy, or not gets healthy, but stays healthy, and let's get to camp because this guy's competing for the starting safety job. He's our you know first-round pick. Uh, and so I could see the same thing happening there where it's like, eh, you know, with the number of guys here, is it worth it having this guy out there? Justin Jefferson's not here, so do we need Jordan Addison out there? KJ Osborne, uh, you know, let's let Jalen Naylor be the star of the show, um, and let's let's get ready for training camp. But I don't know, we'll see. But coming up next, looking forward to this. Looking really forward to this. We got George, uh, uh, Zach Ojile, Ojile. I want to say Ojile, like it's like it's from New Orleans. But Jack, <laughs> Zach Ojile joining us uh, on the Hanging Around Johnson segment. So now let's talk to the fullback now, tight end. But before we do that, we have a word from our sponsors. Yes, we do. Today, we are brought to you by Built Bar. If you want a delicious snack, but you don't want the sugar and calories, you need the best tasting protein bar in the world. It's Built Bar. You gotta try these. They're healthy and they taste amazing. You won't believe that they're actually good for you. 100% real chocolate. That's right. Real, dark chocolate. The flavors are delectable. Peanut butter, brownie, cookies and cream, churro, brownie batter puff. Love the puffs for a little marshmallowy flavor. And get these macros, 17 grams of protein. And they're accompanied by only 4 grams of sugar and only 130 calories. You can get these Built Bars in store at Walmart or Sam's Club now. Just go to the pharmacy section, stroll in, get a 4-bar box or a 13-bar box of Built Bars, or get the specialty flavors online at Built.com. Have them delivered right to your door. Built Bars, amazing flavors, amazing taste, amazing health. Get some today. You can thank me later. Well, now it's time for the Hank and Ron Johnson segment. I got Zach Ogile, uh, former, he's from Blaine. So he's a Minnesota kid, homegrown, just like another fullback for the Minnesota Vikings that you guys all fell in love with. And that's CJ Ham. I have another uh, fullback the Minnesota Vikings have signed, homegrown kid, went to UMD High School, or sorry, UMD, uh, went to Spring Lake Park High School. Uh, and Zach's going to join me on the Hank and Ron Johnson segment. So, Zach, I want to thank you for joining me. And as you are just kind of getting acclimated to OTAs, you know, being a professional football player, man, what's the first thing that's kind of jumped out at you as being a pro? Um, well, that's a good question. Um, I'd say, you know, the playbook is, is definitely a lot, but I think it's just like, uh, you know, finding your routine and like yeah. realizing that like the successful people in this league, man, they have the routine, they stick to it um, and they're consistent. Yeah, and and the one thing I'll tell you, man, if there's anything I'll give you any any tips, go to sleep. Don't go out late. It'll be there later. Like go to sleep, get your rest, because it 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 these long days, long afternoons. 
like don't be afraid to take a good nap. Like I got two kids now, so naps are hard to come by. But me and my wife get a chance to take a nap. We nap. Uh, And so I'll tell you that as a player, though, man, rest your body. And so now you're in a you're in a meeting room and in in a locker room with one of the best NFL fullbacks. Uh, and that's CJ Ham. Uh, what it, what it, what, how cool is that? I guess, you know, he's a, he's a Minnesota guy. He's been with the Vikings for a long time now. How cool is that to be in the same meeting room with CJ Ham? Yeah, it's, uh, man, it's super cool. Um, CJ's a, a great guy too. Uh, super helpful with, you know, any questions I have. Um, and he's, you know, one of the best fullbacks in the league. So, you know, I'm trying to take as much as I can from him. Um, and use him as a really big resource for myself. And looking at the uh, UMD site, though, and again, you told me already you're six feet. They have you listed as six two. Um, <laughs> they say uh, two hundred and forty pound tight end. So is that part of your game as well? Like you're not just a fullback, but you can play a little H back tight end as well. Yeah, in, in college that was my primary position, um, playing pretty much all H back. Okay. So, you know, moving into the backfield is a little bit new, but I've also done a little bit of running back at, at UMD. Um, so, yeah, it's something I'm comfortable with as well. And my guess is when the Minnesota Vikings, because they list you as a fullback, when the Minnesota Vikings gave you a call, uh, they kind of told you where they think you fit, which as a tight end at six foot two, six foot, 240 pounds. Uh, yeah, like kind of like an H back. So what what have they shared with you earlier? What was one of the reasons when you signed with them that they say, hey, this is where we see you fitting in our offense? Yeah, well, I actually um, I started out as a, a rookie minicamp invite guy. Yep. And just when I, when I got there, I figured out I was playing fullback um, and then had a, had a good couple of days there um, and was able to earn another opportunity. And since then, just been playing fullback with them. So. Yeah, and there's another guy that got one of those invites, Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen had one of those invites way back when, $500 to just come try out and uh, end up having a really long career still, is now playing, moved on to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, has that creeped into your mind at all when you look at some of the homegrown guys like an Adam Thielen, like a C.J. Ham, uh, that Zach could be the next one? Um, you know, it's, it's certainly um, really cool stories to hear hear those and know that they came from the same D2 conference as myself, Mm -hmm. but I don't really think about it too much. You know, I have a, you know, a lot of work to do if I, you know, want to have a career like that. So I'm really just trying to, you know, put my head down and continue to work every day. And, and I mean, man, like when I, when, when, you know, talking to you before you talked about playing AAU basketball, you know, they, your, your bio, and I don't know how true this is said, you know, linebacker, quarterback, free safety and running back at Spring Lake Park as a quarterback. Cause I know right now Spring Lake Park is a big throw the ball guy. You know, they, John Stewart, his offense is kind of a, it's a ground and pound type of an offense. Uh, they don't throw the ball much. What was your role at quarterback in high school? Yeah, so I was a, a triple option quarterback in high school, running the split back veer. Um, for those that don't know what that is, it's probably the most common offense in like the 1970s. <laughs> so it was, uh, I mean, I had a blast playing it. I loved playing quarterback in that offense because I was, you know, pretty much a running back. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would run the ball like 20, 25 times a game and, and throw it maybe once or twice. <laughs> oh. And how, how were the throws though? Like were they – like, were they legit? Like, would you say, like, man, I was like, you know, Tommy Frazier slash Tim Tebow, slash, or or were you more like, hey, like, if he throws it, good luck? 
<laughs> no, like I have a decent arm, but like it was nothing special because I mean, when you run the ball that much, like we would just, you know, fake a handoff and then just kind of dump it to the tight end or okay. maybe, maybe hit a receiver on a goal ball. Um, so they weren't like insane throws, but you know, I, I think my completion percentage was a 50, <laughs> which is not bad. So <laughs> you said a 50? Above fifty percent. Oh, above fifty. I'm about to say fifty is horrible. Yeah. Like if Kirk Cousins is a fifty, like they are gonna throw him out of Minnesota. Yeah, Kirk is right. Yeah, but so I'm guessing you weren't like seventy two percent. Like you weren't up there in the elite quarterback yeah. round. But above fifty, I'll give you that. You know, for a guy that runs the split veer, uh, I'll give. And, and for those that, because kind of like Army Navy, right? Kind of like that type of offense. Yeah. Similar. Yeah. So for people that want to understand, just go watch Army football. Uh, it's that's that's what the split veer is. It's for a receiver as myself. I hate it, absolutely hate it. Uh, I, I've talked to John Stewart at Spring Lake Park about that before. He he tell and I did I did I covered a game on uh, Fox Nine. They had a uh, game on um, the high school whatever at TCO Stadium. The Vikings hosted some high school games the past couple seasons, and I do the play by play commentating. And that's the first thing John Stewart told me. He's like, you're going to hate our offense. He was like, it's so boring, uh, but we love it. Uh, but as a receiver, you would you would transfer. And I'm like, yep, I probably would have transferred to De La Salle or something like that. Like, I, I couldn't have sat around and watched a running back and quarterback just go all day. And then maybe twice a game I get a ball. Uh, that's why I hate I hate Eden Prairie High School, too. They run. They do the same thing. They just run the ball nonstop. Uh, and, and you know, whatever. I get it. If you if that helps you win. But you played linebacker as well. What point did you realize, you know what, I'm I'm more suited for the offensive side of the ball? Yeah. Um, in high school, I played a little outside linebacker and a little bit of safety. Um, I actually got recruited uh, by most schools to play on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. And committed to UMD thinking I was going to play outside linebacker. Um, but then a little bit after I committed, they told me that they were going to um, put me at H back. And, you know, I just trusted them, figured that if they wanted me there, I'd probably see the field earlier. Um, so it was probably a good move and it worked out for me. So, yeah. And, and at your time in high school, PJ Fleck was kind of new in Minnesota. Uh, had you had any interactions or, or time with PJ Fleck? Uh, I didn't have any interactions with PJ. Um, as I was uh, finishing up my senior year, um, that was when they let go or moved on from Clay's and then oh, were yep. in the process of hiring PJ. So, you know, I'm sure there was some guys like myself that maybe would have got some interest or not um, if there, you know, was a head coach right after our season. Um, right. Um, yeah, didn't didn't hear anything and just got recruited mainly by a lot of the schools in the NSIC um, and a few Missouri Valley schools. And when you're looking at the NFL right now, like as far as uh, having an invite, what was your mindset going into this rookie invite? Um, you know, just knowing like, look, I, I, I know what the next steps are. I got to go out here and perform. But what was your mindset going into that? Yeah, I mean, the mindset was just to earn another opportunity. Um, you know, I was super excited just to get the shot, um, especially from the Vikings, being a hometown guy. Um, but, you know, once I got there, I was like, I got to, you know, find a way to, um, you know, show that I can play at this level and earn another opportunity. Um, so I was able to. And you're on the field now. I mean, you get a chance to see Kirk Cousins walk and talk and throw and do the things he do. What's your initial uh, uh, kind of thoughts when you see Kirk Cousins up close and personal doing what he does best? Yeah, I mean, 
Kirk is uh, obviously really good at what he does. Um, so I, it's just kind of fun to watch, watch him, you know, command the huddle and, and take lead at practice. Um, and, yeah, he's just a really good quarterback. So, I mean, it's fun. And have you had any, like, interactions with him just yet, like one-on-one -on -one conversations or anything like that with Kirk? Yeah, I talked to him a little bit. Um, and, you know, seems like a really good guy. And I'll give this what I'll give you. I'll give you an inside tip. Next time you talk to Kirk, right? Yeah. Be like, yeah, I heard when you were in Disney World, your son was looking for a Black Panther uh, toy. Did you ever get him one? That'll get Kirk talking because he's, I don't know if you're an Avengers fan or you're a Marvel fan, yeah, but like, if you're, yeah. I'd say brush up on it if you're not. Because uh, Kirk Cousins is definitely like he he likes the the Marvel the Disney stuff and his son he and I were down there uh, in Orlando and it was super random like I was at Disney World he happened to be walking by we kind of you know saw each other you know and you do the like oh wait is that no nah, not in Orlando and I kept walking and then I kind of came back around later and I'm like oh wait that is Kirk I'm like what are you doing here and so we're we're talking he's like oh man my son wants to get this like Black Panther blah blah you know and i told him if he did had a good week in school i'd get it for him because his son you know in the off season his son goes to school down there in orlando uh okay. same as adam thielen so yeah that's that's something you could throw out there for him like hey did you ever get your son that black panther uh but like i heard about that on twitter uh because we had tweeted about it, it was like a it, it actually blew up but because people couldn't believe it like wait why is how random is that that you know because people thought i planned it or something like i just wanted to take pictures with and plan it with kirk and you know give him some praise and and you know throw out that he's a really good dad and I'm like no it was super random uh it happened but yeah so that's something if you next time you talk to kirk be like yeah did you ever get your son that black panther uh toy or whatever i don't know what the heck he was trying to get but his son i mean you don't have kids yet but you'll learn like it's Whatever they want, sometimes you're like, all right, let's just get it. You earned it. You got to do what you got to do for your kids. Uh, but looking at, you know, again, being an athlete, because you talked about that, you know, playing AAU basketball uh, at six feet, six feet two, whatever they want to say, because with your cleats on, you are six two. Uh, but playing basketball, you know, being a bruiser, uh, do you think that's helped your athleticism overall, though? Like having that, because multi sport athletes, when they looked at the quarterbacks in the Super Bowl, I think the four quarterbacks, sorry, in the final four, it was like Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, and I forgot the four. I think it was Allen. And everybody was talking about how all four were multi-sport athletes. You know, some had four sports on their on their docket. Some had three. Uh, but they all were football, basketball, baseball, or football, basketball, track. Like, they all did multi-sport. Do you think that's helped you along the way, uh, not just being a football player? Yeah, I, I'd say it, it was crucial. Um to my development as an athlete, just like challenging my body in a different way and, you know, just developing, you know, different muscle groups and, and, you know, targeting different muscles in different seasons, like running track in high school too. I mean, that was huge for getting faster in the off season. Um, and basketball is, you know, requires a ton of athleticism and coordination. So yeah, I'd say it all, all attribute to, uh, you know, helping me become a better athlete in general, which, you know, usually means you become a better football player. In your game, I mean, honestly, as a as an H back, like you said, moving in the backfield a little bit, probably motioning back. Uh, you got Josh Oliver, you got T.J. Hawkinson, you got yourself, you got C.J. Ham. Uh, when you see like T.J. Hawkinson and Oliver move though, and and do what they do, uh, what are you starting to learn and take from their games as well? Yeah, I mean, I'd say just like incredible feet at the top of routes. Um, you know, just like shooting. Um, off the line of scrimmage, super low when they're running routes. Um, those guys are impressive athletes, um, CJ included. 
Yeah, and, and honestly, like CJ, when you see his feet, I mean, his feet look like Bam Bam. Like he has some of the biggest, widest feet. So you wouldn't assume he's an athlete. And I've, and I've asked him this before about basketball because that's not his thing. Uh, but he 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 does catch pass. He does run routes. Uh, and so it is, like you say, you you have a good group, the Minnesota Vikings receiving core, which includes tight ends, receivers and fullbacks and those that catch the ball, mainly tight ends, receivers, H backs and the Minnesota Vikings right now they have ranked seventh. Uh, you know, they got the Eagles up there. They got the, the, the Bengals up there. They got the Chargers. Uh, so the Vikings are one of the top 10 receiving groups. And you, and you brought up a good point about, you know, just the athleticism, the body types, the movement. But you're you're listening from Kevin O'Connell now, uh, one of the smartest young coaches in the NFL. Uh, wh- what is Kevin O'Connell, you know, saying to you? Not just you though, but everybody as a group, as as far as just getting to know, and, and mainly the rookies, because the the vets kind of have their thing. What is he saying to you guys to get you guys kind of acclimated to the offense? Yeah, I think uh, the biggest thing that he's preaching is just you know, you gotta you gotta take the time um, when we're not in the building to study mm-hmm. the you know, hammer your notes because that stuff is, uh, is really going to help you, you know, come along in the offense quicker. Um, so that's, I mean, that's across the board from all coaches too. You know, you gotta, you know, it's the NFL, like this is once in a lifetime opportunity, you know, you gotta, you know, take it like that. Um, so it's more than just showing up to the facility, going through your meetings and going through practice, you know, you gotta have uh, a plan for after practice and, you know, what you're going to study tonight, how you're going to watch film and those. Yeah. And OTAs, you know, like I say, everybody doesn't participate in OTAs because some guys have their own training stuff going on. Uh, guys got, you know, other stuff they're a part of. And so you, you have a select group of guys there, most of the guys there, but some of the superstars don't show up. I know for me getting drafted to the Baltimore Ravens, uh, when I first got there, you know, it was the whole Ray Lewis thing, you know, and Ed Reed and I were drafted together. So that was kind of cool as well. But, you know, watching Ray Lewis kind of, early walk you know we were two lockers over from him uh so being able to talk to him every day and kind of pick his brain uh when you got into that locker room what were some veterans you were looking forward to like just being around and meeting yeah I mean I'd say the the one guy is certainly CJ Hamm just because you know his path to the NFL was you know somewhat similar you know playing in the NSIC um and then getting a shot at a rookie mini camp and then Mm -hmm. um eventually you know making the roster and being really successful in the NFL. Um, I'd say CJ was probably at the top of that list. And in your locker room, of course you know this, you know Justin Jefferson's there, you know the gritty is a part of it. Uh, Preseason, you might end up being, because, I mean, you guys are going to play three quarters in some of these games in the preseason. Uh, Have you been working on your gritty? Like, if you get that goal line handoff, because that's part of Kevin O'Connell's offense, we know that CJ Ham's done it. Uh, Are you prepared to gritty, or are you just a spike the ball guy or hand it to the ref guy? Yeah, I, I typically I usually just celebrate with my teammates. Um, I don't know if I'll break out the gritty. I'll Can you gritty though? Can you do it? <laughs> Honestly, I haven't really ever tried. <laughs> so maybe I'll maybe I'll practice and see how it looks. But uh, I don't know if if I scored, I'd uh, probably just be so hyped and want to just you know celebrate my teammates. I will say if you're if you're not good at the gritty, don't do it. Like I've seen TJ Hawkinson try it. We saw Kirk Cousins do it. The offensive line did it. Uh it's it's interesting. It's very interesting to see other guys try it. Like Justin Jefferson, KJ Osborne, they got it down. Uh I know there's some DBs that had it down, but yeah, if it's not your thing, I I I do like that. You you definitely 
come across as a celebrate with your offensive line type of guy. Uh, you know, you know, jump around and bang heads, whatever you guys do. Uh, but last quick one before we get out of here, man, like you, you are doing something uh, that kids dream of. You know, when they when they start playing football at the age of eight, kids dream of this moment when they get to wear a professional football helmet, you know, and be a part of an organization. Um, when you got that call saying, hey, we are offering you a chance to come back, be a part of the 90 man roster and have a chance to compete at training camp, man. What was going like? How did you feel? What went through your mind? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it was just like so surreal. Um, didn't feel real that like I got a chance to go. um go to work as a Minnesota Viking, um, the team that, yeah, I grew up watching and rooting for. Um, it's still so surreal. Um, <laughs> but obviously there's a ton of work to be done. Yeah. So excited to just continue to grow as a football player, grow in the playbook, and, you know, see what happens. Well, that's big underscore Z-Dog. Uh, that's Zach O'Gile. I got it right there. Jack, Zach O'Gile. Because everybody gave us all kinds of different names, but we got it right. Uh, like agile, Zach Ogile, and he's very agile. The agile Ogile, the big fella. Uh, welcome to Minnesota. You're already from here, but welcome to the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I'm Ron Johnson. That's Zach Ogile. Sam Ekstrom and I are going to do the daily three coming up. That's three questions, three minutes each, and we'll do that after a word from our sponsors. Well, man, it was great sitting down with Zach Ogile. Like I said, I, I'm pretty sure the stuff he said about where he's going to be in this position. I, I'm looking forward to seeing it. OTAs is going to be the telling uh, telltale sign. And again, I, I love the fact that he said, you know, CJ Ham kind of had the same path he's having now, you know, getting picked up, getting opportunity, same with Adam Thielen, but a Minnesota kid grew up watching the Vikings and now he's wearing purple. So, and the fact that he's staying at home, like, I don't, I don't know if people picked up on that, but he's at home instead of taking advantage of the Omni beautiful hotel in Egan. I don't know about you, Sam. I mean, mom's cooking is great. Mm-hmm. But I don't I, I I think I would like to like be in the hotel and kind of be closer to the facility, not have to go far after every practice. But mom's cooking must be really good, Sam, to, for him to do that. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? He's a, he's a family man. He wants to spend time at home with mom and dad. Keeps him from getting in trouble. He's he's hey. a disciplined. He's a, a grounded young man. I, love I like that. I do like that part of it, like the, the stay out of trouble because he's at home with mom. He's you know, he's going to make sure there. But I don't know. Nice little hotel. Somebody making my bed for me. Nice relax you know by myself just watching tv no distractions uh but yeah i could tell he's a family kid but we got to jump into this daily three that's three questions three minutes each before we do that the twins visit the astros tonight 7 10 p.m they got one from them already but you can catch every pitch of the twins hometown broadcast with sirius xm on the sxm app just search twins and the twins have a two-game lead right now the tigers the tigers they got three out of four from the Sox. i thought they would get all four so that helped the uh, twins out so make sure you check out the twins versus astros if the twins can find a way to pull a rabbit out of their hat and get more games out of the astros than we expected maybe they can keep this lead but the tigers still have three games coming up with the white Sox as well so twins gotta work i did say at the end of this 10 game stretch twins would be below the tigers my detroit tigers but we'll see we'll see but now we got the daily three coming up that's three questions three minutes each maybe a little bit less but take it away sam Ron, we got to start with Game 7. Celtics, mm-hmm. Heat. History was on the line. Either the Heat were going to be the first eight seed in the finals or the Celtics were going to be the first team to come back from a 3-0 deficit. Heat bludgeoned the Celtics last night in Boston off of that emotional Game 6. Your reaction to Game 7 last night? 
Yeah, so the one thing about the Celtics Heat Game 7, uh, I, I truly believed I – was, I was torn. This is one game. Sometimes you go into games and you just know who's going to win the game. I was at the very beginning, I was torn. And then early, early, I was like, the Celtics are going to run away with this because the Heat could not get it going early. Like, it was like 0-1. to one, no, Nothing was falling. Bam Adebayo was struggling. And then Jason Tatum twists his ankle. And at first, I didn't think anything of it. He kept playing. He grimaced through it, but he kept playing. But at halftime, that thing must have tightened up and got sore because when he came out of the half, you could just feel the, the, the difference in the game. The air was taken out. Eric Spolstra uh, went to that zone uh, that, that kind of stymied the heat. They couldn't really figure it out. They were making bad passes. And the thing about the zone, for old school hoopers, you know about the zone, the fact of if your guy, if you get beat, if a guy drives on you, you don't have to cut him off or chase. You can poke the ball out from behind because you know he's running into a defender, which was Bam Adebayo was kind of playing because NBA zone, you can't stand in the lane. That's a violation. So Bam Adebayo had to kind of stand on either side of the lane wherever the ball is. And then as the guy drives, he steps into the middle, which he's allowed to do because there is a, 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 a offensive player coming towards him and he's allowed to become the defender of a guy. You can't just stand in the lane. Uh, that's a that's a th defense of three seconds. Uh, so Bam Adebayo one did a great job of knowing where he was in the lane. Two, Jimmy Butler did a great job at the top. Like a lot of people would say, oh, put Jimmy Butler down on the end. He's a forward. Like he should be down on the end. Put your two little. No, you put Jimmy Butler at the top because he's your smartest player and he understands. It's almost like a one three one. He understands how to force guys into the trouble. Like he knows where his help is and where his help is not. And instead of letting the guy drive to his left, which would be outside, and he's able to like get a shot in between him. He's like, nope, I'm going to send you to the middle because I know I got a lot of help in the middle. And then every once in a while he was poking the ball out. They were throwing it down on fast breaks or the guys were just making bad passes. Um, so I was, I was, and then the Celtics, I mean, being down 18 points in the third, I think it was, it was the dagger. Like they just didn't have it. They, they were forcing shots up. Marcus Smart seemed frustrated. Uh, Jason Tatum couldn't really get moving. And then Jimmy Butler got to going again. And, and once he hit two or three, I think it was three for three for threes at one point. Once he felt comfortable shooting threes like that, and then the other guys were hitting threes, and Caleb Martin, Caleb Martin's about to get paid. I don't know who. I hope the Timberwolves. Uh, but Caleb Martin's going to get paid because that guy is balling right now. Uh, he's averaging, I think, over 18 points in, in that series. Yeah, I think uh, you're so, right. So that's that's huge when you're undrafted. I think they said from the undrafted guys at one point, they, they had gotten 56 points in that game from the undrafted guys. 56 points from the undrafted guys. Now, granted, Tyler Hero has been out he has been cleared though for team activity so i don't know if that means he's going to try to play in the in the playoff in the uh finals but we we can talk about that tomorrow because i don't know if you you rush him back i mean now there's nothing to rush him back i mean rush him back where if he's not 100 percent, and then he goes out there and plays and he's not in the rhythm of what these guys have put together i don't know if you do that because i feel like the way the heat's been playing they could beat the Nuggets, but game one is going to tell us on Thursday. So, and the Heat flew out last. They had already booked their flight. That's the one thing I love. They, they were confident enough to book their flight from Boston straight to Denver before the game even started. Like, we're going. We're going. And now I'm owner. I'm like, look, if we don't go, I got to cancel it. Who cares? But they had already booked their flight, private flight, but got their pilot, everybody ready, FAA clear to leave Denver or uh, uh, Boston and go straight to Denver and get ready to start practicing at altitude. So, I love it. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I thought Spolstra was the better coach in, in a lot of key moments in this series. It, it's He's been doing it for 20 years. He's been in these spots. Joe Mazzula, rookie head coach, thinks he's Greg Popovich, given the one-word answers during the, the post-game interview yeah. and the, the third-quarter interview. Um, I, I thought that 
the Heat were just better in fourth quarters. The Celtics clammed up in fourth quarters throughout the series. They yeah. almost, um, you know, in game six, too, they won the game, but they let that lead slip away. And uh, I thought the Heat were the better team in the series, to be honest with you. So I, I think the Heat deserved this, and I'm, I'm excited for the finals. Yeah, what you got next? Yeah, um, we like to, to quote Bill Barnwell on this show. Uh, Bill Barnwell, good writer, ESPN.com. He ranked the off seasons for every mm-hmm. team in the NFL. He ranked the Vikings having the 20th best offseason. And his rationale for putting them so low was because they didn't make a commitment to either contending or rebuilding. They were kind of stuck in the middle. Do you agree with Bill Barnwell's assessment? I saw that, and I saw a lot of other teams, fans, tweet at Bill Barnwell, like, who cares? Um, (laughs) Because everybody's got a pissed off. Unless you were in the top five. You, you're not happy or a top 10. You're not happy with Bill Barwell in the, in this article. So I, I don't care. I'm going to be honest. I really don't care. The offseason to me means nothing. Uh, now, there's one thing if you do absolutely nothing. They drafted Jordan Addison. Uh, you know, they, they, they started making moves with some of these veterans. They traded as a Darius. Um, at the end of the day, they were already kind of set. I, I said this. I feel like their pieces, Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson. Uh, you look at the defense, D- uh, Daniil Hunter, Harrison Smith. Uh, They added Byron Murphy. I don't know what else they were supposed to do besides spend $10 billion. Like there wasn't a lot of room there for them to do other stuff. So I don't know. I, I, I really don't care. I don't think as far as uh, the off season goes, because we'll see what happens with training camp. I mean, you could add 90 players. You can only keep 53. So I don't know. We'll see. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I I feel like that's about right. As far as like not committing to contending or rebuilding, I, I kind of get it. Um, they didn't tear it all down. They tore some of it down, but, but they kept some of their core intact. So they were kind of stuck in the middle there, but I think that speaks from a a team that won 13 games last year and is not, they were not going to tear that down. Right. Uh, There were too many good pieces to tear down a division champion, um, and justify that decision. So I think they did some things financially for the future. Um, but they kept that offense in particular, intact so I, I think their approach is understandable whether or not barnwell likes it is is irrelevant um last one for you ron i want you to put on your fortune teller hat mm-hmm. i know that you haven't really followed that close attention to the nhl playoffs but i don't care i want a prediction for the stanley cup finals vegas florida who wins the stanley cup and in how many games well the fact that two warm states <laughs> are in the finals uh hockey america deal with it i know i saw a lot of people like this is so untraditional like where where's the canadians where's where's new york where's you know <laughs> look that's the only thing i see i see the tweets i see the 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 uh traditionalist i guess i'll call them uh that people are talking about because i mean even with carolina carolina was in it uh dallas could have been a you know a normal team i guess but it's still a warm weather state i mean they used to be the the, the minnesota team but you had four warm weather states they were going to be in the finals regardless in the Stanley Cup final. Um, so at the end of the day, right now, looking at it, just what people are saying, uh, I feel like the way that Vegas handled uh, Dallas, I got to go with Vegas. I'm going to say, and I don't know, I haven't looked at any odds or anything. I think Vegas wins it. And also because maybe it's a script and people want Vegas to, to, to be able to celebrate and party and make even more money down there in Vegas and put even more money up on their Vegas nights. Uh, but I don't know who, who is the favorite. Uh, so this is a direct like mirroring of the NBA. You've got the one seed from the West 
taking on the eight seed from the east and the oh, eight so florida seed happens the eight. to be florida is the heat of okay. the nhl okay florida know that. made it into the playoffs on the last day of the regular season and they are in the final so south beach ron is going to have a finals game every day for the next two weeks they're going to wow. have hockey basketball hockey basketball uh it's good to be in south florida right now it's good Correct. good to be a, a heat panthers fan so is vegas who's the favorite though with the uh, fanduel is it vegas uh, Vegas, I haven't seen the number, but Vegas, just based on their their seed and their talent, they'd certainly be uh, favored in this series. I'm guessing okay. it's about minus 200. Uh, I'll have to look at that. But the Panthers have been kind of living on a razor's edge. They've been winning every close game. They've been winning every overtime game. They uh, they won their series with a goal with like three seconds left against uh, against the Hurricanes. So they're just a clutch team. I don't know if that's sustainable, but hey, they're in the finals, so anything can happen. Well, the one thing I am good, Sam, too, I'm glad. I said the Heat were a lock. <laughs> I remember early on, uh-huh. after like game, I yep. think game one or two, I just felt like the Heat were going to dominate, and I said they were a lock, and they made me sweat. It might have been a no-sweat first bet, but I sweated. Uh, but I did tell you guys the Heat were a lock, and I told you the Nuggets were a lock, and it worked out. Thank you, Lord. I was sweating because I'm like, I did not want to have to come on here on a testimony Tuesday and testify that I apologize to the uh, to the, to the Celtics. I don't have to apologize to you because it was a lot for the Heat. It wasn't a true lock, but they did end up, I said, bet to the end. I didn't say a lock to win it in five because I think everybody thought five. Uh, I just said a lock. I said, if you put your money on the Heat to win this series because you still got great odds um, because they were still the underdogs. They were still at the after game one, they still had them as the underdogs. And at that point, uh, I think after game two is when I felt it. And I said they were a lock and I said the Nuggets were a lock uh, just because I felt like the Lakers, their tank was empty. They were done. They had given it all. Uh, but it worked out. It worked out. So I'm glad. But Vegas, I don't know if they're a lock or not. I'll let Sam tell you guys that one. I got the odds for you. It's pretty. It's fairly even. Oh. Vegas is minus 140. Okay. Panthers are plus 120. Wow. Okay. And, and and hockey's different. Hockey's di- like it's, it's such a different sport. Like if if somebody's skating well, if somebody goes cold, uh, one goaltender just gets hot. One goaltender has a bad night. It changes it. Um, basketball, you got so many different guys that can score. Like Jimmy or Bam Adebayo was down for a little bit. Caleb Martin picked him up. Uh, when Jimmy Butler was off a little bit, you know you got Vincent coming in and he was hitting three. So yeah, it's 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 definitely different. The Celtics just couldn't find it. Jason Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown couldn't get it going, and then the other guys, Derek White, the rest of the cast. Uh, you know, I think what's his name, uh, Al Horford hit a few threes, tried to bring it back, but just wasn't working. But I'm Ron Johnson. That's Sam Ekstrom. That was Zach Ojai. If you haven't heard the interview, make sure you go back. Great stuff talking about his role as a Minnesota Viking and what is to come. Could this guy be a 53-man roster guy? Could he be a 60-plus man roster guy and on a practice squad? Uh, or Kerry Blassingame. Does he kill it in the preseason and then gets picked up somewhere else? And, and now Kerry Blassingame, we're going to see him twice a year. He's with the Bears. We're going to see him twice a year now with the Bears. So we'll be looking forward to seeing Kerry Blassingame back at uh, U.S. Bank Stadium uh, and then also when they play him in uh, Chicago. But I'm Ron Johnson. That's Sam Ekstrom. Uh, remember, people. Like, share, download, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, iHeartMedia, Spotify, wherever it is. Just look for the Locked On Sports Minnesota. Just search Locked On Sports Minnesota. You can find the Ron Johnson Show also on YouTube. You just have to have an email address. Log into YouTube, put your email address in. Now you have an account. Just hit the follow button on Locked On Sports Minnesota. You get all of our videos, all of our shows. And if you want great content, Minnesota sports, and a little bit of national talk too, 
stick around with us, man. We're going to have a great season this year for football season for sure. But, hey, be a part of the Ron Johnson crew. We thank the everydayers. We love you guys, and have a great one.